Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, I've always thought that life was backwards. What I mean by that is it seems like you should probably start out with an old man's body, and as you're going through diapers and growing up and learning your alphabet, you should be a crippled old man that can't do anything. And so we're not dangerous. We're not running around bouncing off of walls and doing stupid stuff the kids do and puppies do and so forth. And as you grow and mature and become more in control of your, your emotions and your logic, your body should become younger and in better shape so that when you get old, like me, you should be in perfect condition to be able to enjoy life. Why is that? Because now you're smart enough to know better, you know, have enough control to do better. You have enough money to be able to do what you want. And in many cases, you figured out who you want to do it with Whereas when you're young, you have no money, you have no idea who to hang out with, and you end up hanging out with bad people, right? You you have tons of energy and, and fitness and ability, but nothing to throw it at because you don't have enough skills to make it useful enough to make you any money unless you're a pro athlete at very early age in life. And it just seems backwards. But unfortunately, no matter how much I believe that it seems backwards, that's the way it is. So I get up in the morning, it started me thinking this, is like, you know, okay, I get up at the side of the bed, and I'm not, I'm not complaining, don't get me wrong, this is not complaining, this is just telling you the truth that you don't want to hear. And you get up in the morning, and you used to pop out of bed, and da, 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 go a thousand miles an hour, now you get up and you put your feet down on the floor, that's the first one, well, Sometimes when my lower back pain is bad, my hip pain is bad, um, I can't lift myself up with my arm because of my torn rotator cuff or my tendonitis in my elbow. I just sitting up in bed is tough. But you sit up in bed and then you put your feet down on the ground. And you put them there because the neuropathy in your feet makes it so you can't feel your feet. So you got to put them on the ground and let them sit there for a minute to make sure that they're planted firmly, that you don't just get up and you're, you know, and you fall down. And the other thing is, like, you have to gradually put pressure onto your knees and your hips and your lower back, or you'll just collapse sometimes. I mean, you, your body just isn't prepared to take that body weight and get up out of bed and get going. You say, well, Dale, that, that's ridiculous. Why are you saying that to us on the radio? Why? Why share your aches and pains? Because I don't believe I'm the only person that has them. And the point I want to make is whether or not you have as many as I do, because I've been an 
a competitive athlete my whole life, so I probably destroyed a whole lot more tendons and, uh, you know, get a whole lot more injuries than most people do. It's still, you know, I see people between age 65 and 70, they start to walk bent over. Their shoulders start to, to, to sloop over. They get this bone, weird bone sticking out of the top of their neck. Their feet start to change shape. They get these hammer toes, and they get these uh, um, things that grow out of the side of their feet, these bones. I don't even know what they're called anymore. I'm sure that everybody else does. Um, you just get rickety. And you start seeing people that, you know, whether or not they're overweight or not, it's a whole other story. But if they're overweight, it's even worse. But just even if you're not overweight, just you see people starting to suffer to get around. You can see the agony in their face. And that's all well and good, but you say, well, why are you telling all this to us? I'm saying, well, I'm going to start with this point, and that is, I don't know how you guys get up and go to work. And I mean, I see guys come in, and because I have a very large home, I have massive number of laborers come here. And most of the laborers are young. You have to be young to be yielding hammers and shovels and wheelbarrows and lifting things. And I saw these guys last night. They were putting in a grill for me late at night. And these were, you know, marble installation experts. And they come in here with their tools and they're grinding and cutting and whatever. Then there's the old guy that's the supervisor. And he's just standing there. I mean, he couldn't bend over if he wanted to. He's got the knowledge. But I'm thinking here it is. Eight o'clock at night, they've worked all day long installing countertops for uh, some name brand builder. And I won't name the name in case they don't want me to. And um, then afterwards, they come over to my house to do this job as, as a favor to this uh, builder that knows me. And they send them over there and they get this job done. But it doesn't get done until eight or nine o'clock at night. I don't know how late it was, but it's definitely over eight o'clock. They didn't get there till 730. And. You know, I just see these guys, you know, working and straining and suffering. And I'm going to myself, man, I couldn't do that anymore. And then you think about, I was talking to my CFO about how ever since COVID, we've shut down 50% of all of our office space. Just people work from home now. And he was talking about how for the first time he actually, he's got two little kids, One's like a couple years old, the other one's just a baby, and he gets to stay home with them now. And his wife is staying home and, um, you know, doing homeschooling because you all know the public schooling now is a disaster. Everybody does. It doesn't matter whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, Libertarian. If you've looked at what the public schools are doing, you know it's a disaster. So the, the privilege to be able to stay home and teach your own kids and spend time raising them the way you want them raised, thinking the way you want them to think is a massive benefit. But most people don't have that. They'll probably never get to that point because by the time they get to where they can retire, and the average retirement age, I looked it up now, is 66 years of age. Now, remember, that's average. That means a lot of people retire after that. A lot of people retire before that, but a lot retire after that. And you think... Wow, you have to work all the way up to the point where you can barely even get out of bed to where you have no energy. So now the next thing is, okay, now I'm retired. Now what do I do? Well, that's the next thing we're going to talk about today is 
money. Just because you retire doesn't mean you have the money to retire. It doesn't mean you'll have a great life. And one of the reasons, I, you know, I looked up why the reasons why people don't retire. One of them is psychologically they die just about as soon as they retire because they have nothing left to live for, nothing to stimulate their brain. It's just, it's really bizarre and sad. Now, I retired at 34 years of age, and obviously I didn't die of lack of stimulation, right? That didn't happen with me. But it happens with other people that retire when they're much older, right? So it becomes a situation where why don't people retire? And then you look it up and you find out. Everybody out there that's telling you what to do is telling you you can't retire. And they give you a multitude of reasons why you can't retire. I've looked them up and printed some of them out. We'll go over some of them. But it, it really doesn't do me any good to go over them if I can't offer you some type of alternate reality. And the alternate reality is, is two and a half years after I started investing in real estate at 34 years of age, I retired. And not only did I retire, I retired earning more than what I was earning at my job. Not only did I retire earning more than what I was earning at my job, I was able to increase those earnings every single year for the rest of my life. Every year, I've purchased another piece or two of real estate, and sometimes four, five, six, or eight, typically one to two a year, sometimes three or four a year, which makes my income go up. So you've heard our claim many, many times in the 32 years we've been doing this, and that is the people, um, we have a program here where people have learned how to retire between two to five years. When I first uh, wrote this program, by the way, I used to say five to seven years because I was basing it on the knowledge of how much money people had compared to, you know, what they wanted to earn to be able to retire. That money versus retirement goal is a separation point. Now, what I found was, as I continued to grow Lifestyles Unlimited, that I found people that had more and more money. And as I found people that had more and more money, I found that it was easier and easier for them to get to what their goal was. Now, there's a little bit of a dichotomy there, and that is, think about it, if a guy's got a big, high-paying job, he has the ability to save a lot of money. So he should have a lot of money to be able to put to work for him to get a business model that produces a large amount of money much quicker. On the other hand, if you've got a guy that's got a large income and he lives above his cost of living, spends every penny he makes, then it's almost impossible for that guy to be able to get to where he can produce enough passive income to replace his income because he can't save enough money to invest enough to create enough passive income to retire. Now, let's flip that around and look at the bottom. I found people at the bottom that are frugal uh, are able to save a lot of money. I, I know that uh, one of our kids here uh, has saved probably $60,000, $70,000, and her boyfriend's got probably the same. And so together, you know, they've got quite a bit of money and very, very, very low income to cover. So if you have very low income to cover, and you have a lot of money to invest, then it's very easy. And that's where you see people can come in here and within two, three years, 
create enough passive income to be able to cover that income. Now, the problem with that for most people is that they're thinking that they don't want to do that. And the reason they don't want to do that is because if they've got low income, they're thinking, I don't want to end up with low income. So I'll stay at my job forever and, you know, try to climb the ladder of success and fight the rat race and try to get to where I have a larger income. Only to find out that it's the more income you have, not the more you save typically, the more you spend and your problem becomes worse. And you're still not understanding the reality of what happens. I started by replacing an income of 70000 gross income a year. Um, after taxes, I found out that, you know, I'm paying income tax, paying Social Security and Medicare tax, I'm paying part of my insurance, an employer paid part of the insurance. I was paying um, 401k contributions or whatever. But the bottom line was I only took home about $3,500 a month. And it was not hard to replace $3,500 a month, I'm telling you. It really isn't. And so I was able to, in two and a half years, not only replace that, I was able to replace my whole income. In other words, I got to the point where the 70000 a year I was making, but only taking home uh, probably thirty-five, forty thousand 40000 of it, I was able to replace that and take home more income than what I was taking home because of the fact that we don't pay income taxes, Social Security taxes, Medicare taxes on the income we earn. Now, we do have to buy our own insurance if we retire, if we quit. And, and that's just another monetary addition to your cost levels. But it, it's really not a reduction in your income. I mean, people think that, well, if I quit my job, I lose half of the cost of my insurance. Well, duh. It's just compensation. That's all it is. So how do you fix that? Well, you just go get more compensation, get more passive income. And so because they can't see that, if you were able to make, and I'll just use my number, for example, if I at $70,000 a year and I only took home 3500 I was still able to save enough to be able to buy some real estate. When I replaced that 70000 and made it passive income, it was still possible for me to save some money from that 70000 and buy more real estate. But each time I bought more real estate, my income went up. And so I bought more real estate each year. Now, the more money I made each year, I was careful to do a 50-50 split. And what do I mean by that? Well, let's say I made, and I'm going to write some numbers down so I can keep them square in my brain. If you're driving, don't try to do this. But let's say I made the $70,000 a year. And then let's say I bought some more real estate that next year, and now I made 80000 right? Well, that would mean that I've upped my income by $10,000 a year. And let's just talk about net numbers. Let's say I netted that after taxes or whatever. Although with real estate, there's no income taxes if done correctly. There's no Social Security. There's no uh, Medicare. So net $10,000 increase. Well, what I would do is I would increase my standard of living, which was at, let's say, $40,000 a year. I would expand it to 45000 a year, take half of that ten grand. And take the other five thousand. Let's say I've been saving ten thousand a year. Let's add five to it, and now I'm saving fifteen thousand. So my savings would go up by half of the difference, and my cost of living or standard of living would go up by the other half of that. And I was very methodical about that for the for the next thirty two, thirty three years of my life, to the point now where 
each year I make more money and each year I save more money and each year my standard of living goes up and has done that every single year for 32, 33. You'll see I started, uh, I retired, I started Lifestyles in 1990. So it's 32 years I've been with Lifestyles and then I retired two years before that or a year before that. So it's like 33, 34 years I've been doing real estate investing. So there you go. There you have it. Because people don't understand that you are going to continue to make more money every year, they don't want to start the process because they're saying, even if I replace my earned income and get back to where I don't have this earned income, I'm going to be stuck now at that amount for the rest of my life. And that's I don't want to do that at my job. I'm hoping my job will make me more money. I don't want to do that in my passive job. I would hope it would make me more money. But they don't understand that it will. And because they don't understand that it will, a lot of people sabotage themselves from even starting the process, thinking that it's not going to get them where they want to go. Because where they want to go is not just to be retired at the amount of income they have. They want more income. Well, I'm telling you that you can do both at the same time. The first part of the process, though, is getting yourself retired, is replacing your income. However, when we come back from the break, I'm going to talk about what the standard theory is. And the standard theory is, is you develop a pile of money and then you live off that pile. And so we're going to talk about the formulas they put together on how much money you need to have to be able to live off of it the rest of your life. And it's very complex and that in and of itself might keep you from wanting to do it. Take a short break. Be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer, not because that's the way it's set up, but because of the knowledge. When put into action, knowledge is power. At Lifestyles Unlimited, we empower you to live the lifestyle of your dreams through passive real estate income, For over 30 years, our successful members share their knowledge through case studies, classes, and mentoring. Tap into the knowledge. Attend a free workshop online. Register now at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Uh, Today we're talking about five reasons why you should delay retirement. And that's not what I'm saying. That's what the, uh, who is this article? Uh, Doesn't even say who the article's by here. Doesn't really matter, does it? It's just uh, another internet article by somebody else that thinks they know about life. So, but the bottom line is, I brought it up just because it had some points it wanted to make that I thought were interesting. So, as we went to break, I told you I was going to get into some of these calculations they have as to how large the pile of money needs to be for you to retire. As opposed to my theory, we just replace your income, your earned income, with passive income. And when that occurs, you're in a position to retire. That doesn't mean you have to, but you're in the position to. They're saying you need to pile of money, and the calculations for this we'll go into in a second because I think more important 
than the complex calculations they have, which are really ridiculous because you can't really go after the, the calculations. But I'll, we'll, we'll see in a second. What's more important is why they say you need to do it, okay? So number one is you may live longer than you think. Uh, hey, everybody's living longer. The, the eldest male in my family before uh, my uncle was 65 years of age. Everybody died 65, 66, 65, 66. They all died at those ages or younger. Actually, I had some uncles that had one uncle who died at like 40-something. Um, so this longevity thing is fairly recent. But now I turn around, I look around, and I have friends that we hang out with that are 70 years old. And he's not even thinking about dying. I got neighbors that are in their 70s, and they're not thinking about dying. And of course, you see people die. What's funny is at my age, you see people dying all around you. So, you know, favorite, famous people, celebrities that are my age or younger are dying all around us every day. People a little older than us are dying. And you start to pay attention to that. And, and this is basically saying you're going to live longer. And I think what you're, what you're seeing is they're saying that the average life expected for a male is like 82 years of age now. Well, retirement, when it was first, Social Security, I'm sorry, when it was first devised, was intended to keep people alive for a year or two. Most people were dying by age 65, and so you could retire at age 62. And in the beginning, it might have even been 59 you could retire, but most people died by 62. So it's always been you're only supposed to live a year or two you know, longer. Now, Social Security really doesn't want you to start taking anything until 65, uh, they'll let you put it off until age 70-something. And uh, the bottom line is because they're, they're seeing people, you know, going to live to 80s. And in the 80s, you know, that pile of money has got to be a whole lot bigger. If you retire at 60 and you're only going to leave at 65, that pile of money has to be a certain height. But if you're going to live to 85, that pile has got to be a whole lot larger. Now, I have an uncle that's 83 uh, or 84, and, uh, you know, he's on a pension. He was a professor, college professor. And so he's got a he's got a pension that replaces his total income the year when he was a professor, so he has no loss of income. And I think there's cost of living increases in it also. So if you don't have a pension like that, then you're gonna have to worry about that pile of money. And they're saying you need to put it off and wait. Now I'm saying if I get you to retire by replacing your income, you start that today. It doesn't matter. Because if you live for another hundred years, you're still gonna have income for a hundred years, just as if you're working. So it, it, that first argument is completely gone. Number two, your health. A study of the Institute of Economic Affairs found that retirement causes major decline in physical and mental health, increasing the likelihood of suffering from clinical depression and decreased the likelihood of being very good or in excellent health. So what they're saying is, okay, you need to keep working because most people who stop working stop being active and their health immediately declines. Well, that's not true if your retirement is not based on being kicked out of your job and being non-productive. I don't look at retirement as the end of something. I look at retirement as the beginning of something. And so it means to me, wow, now I get to go do these things I've been dying to do. And actually in my life, I'm more active now than I was when I had a job. My job uh, was more sedentary than my active life that I participate in at this point. The next point they want to make here is that your savings will have more time to potentially grow. So if you work another 20 years from 60 to 80 or whatever, 
obviously you're going to be able to save a lot more money, right? And that's going to be a good thing. So it, it makes sense, especially if you haven't hit your savings goals, which we're going to go over in these uh, these uh, actuarial charts they have here of where you should be. So it gives you a, t- a chance to catch up in the amount you need to save. Uh, so you're going to shorten the amount of time you're going to have to live off that money, and you're going to have a longer time to save that money. Both of those make logical sense if you believe in the pile of money theory. And I don't espouse the pile of money theory. I espouse the you need income theory. So instead of living off the pile of money, which means every year you've taken away from the pile, every year the pile earns less money, and you have a lowering of standard of living every year for the rest of your life, I would suggest that you should go the other way and increase your standard of living every year. All right? The fourth one is your Social Security benefits will increase. And, hey, Social Security figured this out, man. They figured that Social Security was going broke. Uh, Back when I was a kid, they were talking about Social Security going broke by 2020. It's 2022 right now. So what they did was they changed when you could start taking it. They changed how much they would pay out. Uh, They changed that if you would wait, they would give you more. They started adding more value to waiting before you start taking it. In that particular case, they've done whatever they could do to extend the life of Social Security. But the bottom line is, is you can extend those benefits. Well, the same thing with me. Look, I'm 65. They call me every day, sign up for Medicare, sign up for Medicare. And I, I just tell them, no, I'm not signing up for Medicare. There's no need for me to sign up for Medicare. I have I have insurance. And people tell me, well, you're crazy. You know, Medicare will take care of Look, once you're on the government dole, They've got you. They know everything about you. Uh, you've got to go through them and their doctors and their everything has to be approved before you can go get something done. I don't want to be under that kind of control. But if you need to, that's fine. But the bottom line is, is that if you wait like I am, I'll wait before I take Social Security. And by the time I die, somewhere down the line here, my wife, which is 12 years younger than me or She's going to get a lot of benefits from Social Security. Forget about my money. In fact, she probably won't even need Social Security. In fact, I would be willing to bet that by the time I do die, at some age here in the near future, they're going to make Social Security uh, means tested. In other words, even though you paid into it your whole life and you're supposed to be getting it back because it's your money, uh, they won't give it back to you. If you don't need it, they won't give it to you. I think that's what's going to happen. So... You figure that one out. Maybe you'll just stay poor just so you can means test into being able to get your Social Security. That's a crazy way to look at it. Right? And the last one is employer-sponsored health insurance. Again, this is one that I have had people fight with, struggle with. is probably a better term for it. Uh, their whole life, ever since I started teaching this stuff, and that is how do you get insurance? And for the life of me, I don't understand why people – don't get that you just go up and sign up for it. Now, caveat to that. What if you have pre-existing conditions? Well, some laws have been passed that allow, uh, disallow them for not taking you for pre-existing conditions. But when I first uh, retired, uh, later on afterwards, I had cancer. And so then I had a major pre-existing condition that, you know, they didn't want to take me into regular insurance policies. So I had to get on into a group policy um, that the state provided, and it, it was just a high-risk policy. Uh, 
And I went into that. And, you know, that's the way it works. The bottom line is, is that the amount of medications I take, I think eight, nine different medications now a day, uh, they're very costly. And I have insurance, and they part, pay part of it. And if I was on Medicare, they'd probably pay part of it, and then my supplemental would pay part of it. And But the bottom line is you still got to pay some of it. And having a job, you know, may take and cover part of that for you because you've got insurance. But even if you don't, you still got the insurance consideration. And it comes down to money. Everything comes down to money. So as you get older, what I find is, is that if you've got a lot of money, all of those problems that people have, oh, my gosh, my house is getting old, it needs to be renovated, money. Oh, my gosh, my car's getting old, money. Oh, my gosh, you got medical expenses, money. Money solves these problems. Today we're talking about retirement, and uh, we're working around the basis of an article that's called Five Reasons to Delay Retirement. And uh, if you believe the beliefs that they believe, and if you follow the rules that they follow, you probably they're probably right. You should delay retirement to a much later age. Now, I believe that retirement is completely different than that. It's not an amount of money, and it's not an age. It's a position, financial position, where you earn an amount of income each year passively that you can live off of, that you can pay all your bills with, that you can survive with. Once you can replace your earned income with passive income, you're basically retired. Now, at that point, you make a decision, what do you want to do with your life? And if what you want to do with your life is go back and spend some time working in a industry or career that you like doing, well, that's fine. That's Now it's your choice. Now there's not any stress or strain or anything else because if the boss gives you an unrealistic, expected situation, um, then you just say no, and you go on down the way. But I told you I'd bring these actuarial science tables in that they have, and I want to show you them, and then I want to show you how ridiculous they are. It's saying if you're age 30 to be able to have enough money to retire, by age 30 you should have half of your annual income. Well, the question is, what is your annual income at age 30 compared to age 65, right? But they're just saying, hey, whatever your income is, you need to have half of that. So if you make $50,000 a year, you need to have $25,000 saved up. By age 35, you should have at least one year's worth of income. So let's say you make 50, you need to have $50,000. Now, age 40, you need to have two times your income. Well, let's say that $50,000 income went up to 70, so now you have to have $140,000. By age 45, you have to have three times that, and so let's say you've gone up to uh, you know, $100,000 a year, so you need $300,000. Now, age 50, it's five times. Age 55, it's seven times. And age 60, it's nine times. Age 65, it's 11 times, right? So here's the weird thing about that. Let's say that you're 65 years old and you got a million dollars, which is basically 11 times 90,000 or 10 times 100,000, and you're, you're in that bracket there at age 65. It goes on and says that this whole equation is based on this fact, 
that the person retires at age 65 and begins drawing 4% of assets. 4% of a million dollars is $40,000 a year. Now, guys, understand, you're pulling this out of a, a retirement account that has not paid income taxes yet. So when you pull that $40,000 out, you've got to pay income taxes on that money. You've already paid Social Security and Medicare on it, but you've got to pay income taxes on it. So you're not getting all 40 unless 40 is low enough that you don't have to pay any taxes at all, which I don't believe it is, because you're probably going to tax Social Security on top of there, which is going to be another 3000 bucks a month, which would be 36000 a year, which make it seventy six, which makes a taxable income. So that $40,000 is probably only going to deliver 30000 to you. But let's forget that and just say it's forty. Do you really believe at 65 years of age, after living on $100,000 a year worth of income your whole life, that you can live on $40,000. Let's do some quick math here. Let's get out the trusty cell phone and do $40,000 divided by 12 months. Uh, You're living on $3,000 a month, $3,300 a month. Can you live on $3,300 a month? Think about that. And now you got to pay that insurance and you got to pay all your, your auto insurance, your home insurance, your property taxes. Your home may be paid off by then but you still get property tax and insurance on it. Food, clothing, what about travel? What about entertainment? What about taking care of your kids? What, you know, clothing? Can you actually make that happen? So my assessment of their assumptions is that they don't make very much sense to me. Um, then it goes over here and says, but if your income is higher, those numbers may not work. And they say if you make $100,000 a year, you need 11 times your income by age 65. But if you make 150, you need 11 and a half times. If you make 200,000 a year, you need 13 times. And if you make 250,000 a year, you need 13 times five. So let's take and do some quick math with this just real quick, and then we'll get out of this mathematical stuff. But $250,000 times 13 and a half, 13.5, means you need to save 3375 How many people you know have saved $3,375,000? I, I don't see that many people that have. I mean, I know people that made $3,375,000 in a real estate transaction. In one transaction or two transactions, you can make that much money, but do you really think you could save that much? Now, divide that uh, or multiply that times 4%. And that's $135,000 a year. Now, remember, this is if you made $250,000 a year of earned income. Now they want to cut you back to $135,000 a year. So you're living on half of what you made. I'm talking about living on every dime of what you made when you worked. So if you got as I got into this at, you know, age 27, 28, I started looking at real estate by the time I was 34, two and a half years after I actually started buying it, so about 32, I started buying it. Um, I retired. So here I am now, 32, 33 years later. And, you know, we're making, I don't even want to tell you how much money I make. It'd blow your mind. A lot of money every month. More money in a month than most people make in a year. Okay? And I never made that when I had a job. Not even close to that. Not even close to that. I'm making 20 times what I made in a year, in a month, right? Just to get throw out weird numbers. And there's no way I could have done that by saving up to enough money to be able to produce that kind of income. It would never have happened. 
I know it couldn't have happened. And that, my friends, isn't going to happen for you. So remember this. It's not just money. It's lifestyle. And you want the best you can get. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.